T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. On 610. You're listening to 610 Sports Radio from the Max Motor Studios. Join us for the Playoff Pilsner Beer Release Party at 6 o'clock, Friday, January 13th at Cinderblock Brewery, KCS Picanta City, WDAFHC2 Liberty, and Odyssey Station. Coming up today on a very special edition of Cody and Gold. Dana Hughes at 11, Paul Charchian, and now two dudes who claim to be my dogs, Cody Tapp <laughs> and Alex Gold. There we go, Jed. There it is. I'm not going to bark, though. Sorry. It's not, Come it's, on. Just it's one gonna, time it's, for it's, Jed it's, before it's not, Nick gets back. Maybe one of these shows. He's got seven more to do with us. Maybe uh, six more intros. Maybe Ow. one of them. But you got to say it like, where are my dogs at? You got to say just the way Nick did. Otherwise, it doesn't work. When I was listening the other day, that's the best part is, Cody, when you talked about that, you know my personality and demeanor. I don't really get that excited. So me trying to go, where are my dogs at? Is very troubling and hurts my throat. But uh, mixes it up man. a little bit. Uh-huh. You know? This is true. So, okay, well, maybe one of these. We'll see. Maybe we'll surprise. Maybe the final show. Uh, it is... Uh, Alex Gold, Cody Tapp, Jed Marshall, as you guys can hear, in for Nick Schwert. Coming up, yes, Danon Hughes, one hour from now, former Chiefs wide receiver, will get his thoughts as the Chiefs get set to take on the Houston Texans. And Cody's really upset about something that's happening to a beloved Kansas City icon. We'll get to that Shameful. in 20. He says, well, Shameful your, behavior. Your, your words, not mine. We'll get to that in 20 minutes. Find out together exactly what icon in Kansas City Cody's upset about uh, now. But when we had Nate Taylor uh, in studio on Tuesday's show, he kind of just made a comment in passing about the Chiefs and expectations. And before the season started, we had asked, like, what's, what's reasonable, knowing that they had traded Tyreek Hill and we didn't know what this offense would look like and young secondary, young defense as a whole. Like what AFC West at the time we thought was going to be the toughest division in football. You got four sure. of the top 12 quarterbacks. These are all things that we thought heading into the season. So it was – not, I don't think, across the board consensus of Super Bowl or bust this year. But now, fast forward, it's December 15th. The Chiefs are tied for the best record in the AFC. They're going to win the AFC West. Their quarterback's playing like an MVP. They still have a top offense. How is it not back to Super Bowl or bust? <laughs> Fair or not. Like, that wasn't the, the preseason expectation because it was like, oh, maybe this is kind of like a re retooling type of year. But now that you see where they're at, now that you see they're in just as good of a spot as where they have been, how is it not back to being Super Bowl or bust? I think it is for me. I know, and, and it is. Because I think going into this season, I know some people are like, well, that's always how I felt. You know, the Chiefs are always that way. It's with Mahomes. I'm like, let's be honest, though. We had softened the expectations that this team had because it was without Tyreek, because they had a brand new young defense. For all those reasons, we're like, you know what? Remember what we called it. It wasn't like a rebuild. It was just the, the retool for the next five years. We understood, I think, the way we put it was they were taking a half step back to make sure that this kind of run was going to last for a very long time. That's how I viewed it. I think that's how a lot of people were viewing it. And honestly, for the same reason you did, I thought the division was going to be really tough. I thought the offense, while would still be good, I didn't think that they would be the first or second best offense in the NFL, second in points per game, first in almost every other statistical category, the, the Chiefs. I thought there'd be a little more of a drop-off. 
from where they'd been. Now, we still thought they'd be top five. We still thought they'd score in the tops of the league. But when you're the fifth best offense and the 20th best defense, that's not Super Bowl or bust. Let's be mad if things fall apart. But now that things have shaken themselves out, we're coming up with the final four games of the season. And I know they're 10 and three. I know they have a chance to go 14 and three. I know they're the number one offense in the NFL. I know that while they are very young on defense and there are problems, they are competitive. It is not, you know, it's not a complete mess of a defense that has no hope or chance. Then, yeah, I'm right back where I was two years ago, the year before. This team can either win a Super Bowl or we're going to come on these airways and we're going to say that it was a disappointment. I'm not going to give them excuses if they lose in the divisional round or the AFC title game. Be like, well, you know, be like, well, they came up short. Now, there might be reasons why in that game they got beat, but they came up short because that was the other thing that I thought before the season. I thought the Bills definitively had the better roster. They did coming into the season. But now I don't feel that way. I don't definitively think the Bills have the better roster. I don't definitively think the Cincinnati Bengals have the better roster. The Chiefs have as good of a roster as either of those teams, as good of a roster or better than any of the teams in the AFC. The only team that I'm convinced has a better roster around them outside of the quarterback is the Eagles. There's no other team in the NFL that I would be sure, sure. Maybe defensively, certainly with the Cowboys or some other teams. But it just, it's changed, it's warped my perception now of the team. Because that was the way, like you had said, it was it was the way Nate had put it. Like we'd all kind of thought it was a retooling, and now I no longer feel that way anymore. Well, this is what happens, I think, in, in sports probably a lot of times, where once you get further into the regular season, and now that it seems real, and like, oh, they, they you got a chance to get there, some of the expectations change in their own regard. I mean, if the Chiefs right now were sitting with eight wins, and they were in second place with the AFC West or something, I don't, I don't think people would have changed their opinion. It's because now they, they have the best record, tied for the best record in the AFC, and they're right in the position where they don't have a better chance than these other teams, but they have just as good a chance as Buffalo, just as good a chance as Cincinnati, right, and, and Miami and these teams to, to, I think, a better chance than Miami, but just as good as those two sure. teams in particular to get to the Super Bowl. I think, you know, Super Bowl or bust, probably getting to it. It's probably really, if we're being real, getting to the Super Bowl. Uh, now, once you get there and if you end up losing, that's heartbreaking and, and devastating Do you for think, any like, team so that gets there. I, I saw someone suggest the other day that counting how many straight times you've been to an AFC title game is loser's mentality. Huh? Not when you host four of them in a row. <laughs> you, you win so quick. What? Well, because, you know, it's about the ultimate prize. It's about winning a Lombardi. But I would tell you right now, go around the league. You tell me. How many quarterbacks have more than one Lombardi trophy? Just total. Okay, so we got uh, more than one. We got Tom Brady. Yeah, that would be it. That's the list. Starting quarterback. I finished it. I finished the list of current starting NFL quarterbacks right now in the league who have more than one Lombardi trophy. End of list. So if your stand, it's not loser's mentality if that's better than anyone else is doing. Like, if you're just saying, all right, let's count Super Bowl trophies. Cool, they're at the top. In the last four years, he's won as many Super Bowl trophies as anybody, right? Like, that's it. Just the one. All right, well, then let's add up. Who's got, it's actually two with Tom Brady, but again, he is in a different standard. We're not comparing him to Tom Brady over the Super Bowl run. That's silly. So then the next thing would be, how many Super Bowl appearances have you made? Okay, well, he's got two. That's more than the next closest person. Then it does go down to AFC title. To me, it's not, I'm not like, I, I'm not saying fly a flag at Arrowhead Stadium that says hosted four straight AFC title games. But when we, the conversation was directly related to, and I don't remember where it was now, it might've been Twitter, but the conversation was directly related to the job Brett Veach has done. And they were saying like, well, you know, Carl Peterson only had one AFC title game appearance and Brett Veach has four. And they're like, that's loser's mentality. I'm like, excuse me. No, it's not. <laughs> that's talking about success relative to the predecessor. Well, it's also, it's, you would have killed for four AFC title game appearances under Peterson. You would have. And it's, it's going to AFC title games in its own right is, is why that consecutive amount, but then also factoring in that they were all at home, which, what does that mean when you host them? And I understand they weren't the number one seat every single one of those years. But it means you're also in the regular season, you're winning either more or you know the second most amount of games of any team in the AFC in those in those years for the most part, right? You're either the best record in the AFC or you're the like case of last year where they weren't the number one seed, but they ended up getting the number the the, the home field advantage because the number one seed Titans had lost. So it's about also the type of team that you built good enough to throughout an 18 game regular season to end up with the best or second best record 
that that does say something in terms of if you're talking about the general manager side of things in terms of building a roster together. It also, of course, says a hell of a lot about Andy Reid oh, and, 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 sure. and everybody. It's a, it's, a, it's a complete effort as an organization to do that. But like this year, if they somehow end up with the number one seed, and that we know that requires them to win out and it requires the Bills to lose a game, whether it's this week against Miami or I still think the one to really watch will be Buffalo and Cincinnati in a couple of weeks. If the Chiefs host another, get the number one seed and they end up winning two playoff games or winning one is all they would have to do to host it, and host a fifth straight, there is a reason why we joke and we call it the Arrowhead Invitational. It's wild to think that that is a realistic possibility yet again to get to their fifth straight. You can can complain. Both things can be simultaneously true. That that is an incredible, impressive run, and that you're disappointed there wouldn't be a more Super Bowl title with it, right? Like, let's say they, they host an AFC title game again, and they either come up short in that game or the Super Bowl. You'd be like, man, three Super Bowl appearances, one win, not good enough. Both of those things can be simultaneously true, but the fact that you've hosted, if you if you do it again this year, hosted or just go to five straight AFC title games means that you are definitively the only team in the NFL who is a serious Super Bowl threat every year. You would have been in the final four teams every year under Patrick Mahomes as the starter. And what's the carryover of doing that? What I said with the one or two seed, that also means when you've won seven straight, they're about to win the, you know, seven straight AFC West titles. Sure. You're consistently playing the other divisional champions. You're consistently playing. You're doing against the number one schedule. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're probably having every one of those years, a top five NFL schedule this year. We know it was one of the toughest schedules in the NFL. Now we're seeing on the back end of the schedule here in the final four games, it eases up a little bit with the, you know, we, with the Broncos. They have the easiest or the second yeah, easiest or coming into the schedule. season, you know, coming into the season, they had one of the toughest schedules in the NFL. Uh, we are video streaming the show. As, as you know, we can uh, check out Facebook and YouTube and Twitch and Twitter. Uh, people noticing Cody's attire today from the Jay Southland. Not in a T-shirt. I'm Someone in a shirt with buttons. From the 816. Company Christmas like, party. Got to like be prepared. Cody is dressed up today. Yeah, you, you're you going with a little bit of the, the flannel today? Yeah. Uh, and it, yeah a I had a couple cri- flannels. A little more Christmassy. Is this because of the holiday party? Yes, that, I thought that, I should be appropriately dressed for the company Christmas party. So I'm going to guess that uh, people just wear whatever for this one. A lot of people are coming straight from work. Can yes. we also call it a holiday party? I find it a little bit <laughs> offensive that we just call it a Christmas party. I think in fairness, I think the company calls it a holiday party. It's a holiday party is what they phrase it as, yeah. Okay, holiday party. It's all good. Thank you. It's all good. Whatever. Trust me, I'm, that's not something that bugs me. I don't care. Like, it's fine. If you want me to call it a holiday party, I will. I would like you to. Either way, the company holiday party is today. <laughs> So I thought I should be dressed, you know, in a shirt with buttons. Most in a, of the sales, in a shirt with buttons. Most of the sales staff mm-hmm. dresses. Look, if I'm going to go out anywhere, I typically dress nicer than when I dress for this show. For this show, every day, Monday through Friday, Gold, you and I primarily show up in jeans and a T-shirt. Je- or the winter equivalent of jeans and a T-shirt, which is jeans and a T-shirt and a quarter zip or a hoodie. That is both of ours attire, five days a week. 365, you know, like every day of the year, right? But when I'm going to go out, I'm going to see a group of people that I don't always or am around in a party-like setting. I tend to, you know, I tend to try to wear my nicer, I don't know, not nicer. Who, but in, just, who from this station is of staying the longest at the holiday party later on this afternoon? I don't think it's the morning show. It's probably me or you. At this station? Well, I guess there's no. I mean, yeah, there's other. What are the other choices? Out of town. We got well, Rob will be there, but I don't think multiple, it's him. I don't think it's the morning show. Multiple people are out of town too. A couple of people are out of town. Jed said he can't make it, so it's. I think the answer is you. You're gonna end up. You're gonna end up staying the longest. Why? I just think you will. I have other. I have other things. I won't be there as long, but I'll still be there longer than some other people. Make it a contest. Two dollar bet. <laughs> So you can stay the longest. Uh, no, I have to come back here. I have to come back. I have to come back here later on tonight. Nah, just record your show. Record your show at two, and let's do a. You know. No, we have a lot. We are we are live for the betting show tonight. That I was going to say. I don't know if you know this, Cody, but nothing in radio has ever been recorded. Ever? So that would be impossible mm. for Alex to record his show and then stay at the holiday party. I know we don't record much here. Text line also. Just an opinion, Cody. They think you should roll the sleeves up. 
bit. But it's winter. Loosen up a little bit. Loosen up a little bit. It's, You're all buttoned up. Loosen up. It's winter. I don't want to roll up. my sleeves you know, up. Loosen up. Give yourself some air. Some air. Breathe a little bit. Shouldn't that be take a button both. down? Both. Undo one button at the top then maybe. Something. The text line. I don't like to undo. I like, the, I like my buttons up here. <laughs> I like a high button. Big fan of a high button. Okay. Like I know Pete Sweeney. At, at least you don't have the full. I don't have any chest hair. We've discussed this. There's, I, I have no chest hair. No, I said at least you don't have it all the way buttoned up. No, no, I'm not going to the top. That's, that's can't even crazy. breathe at that point. That's that's ludicrous behavior. I would never do that. Maybe later. It is kind of getting stuffy in here now that we're talking about it. Well, here, here, I'll make you feel better. If you're watching on the video stream, now you can feel better. The sleeves are coming up. I can relax for a little bit during the show. Problem solved. <laughs> we're all good. Gotta wear a shirt with buttons one time on this show. We just completely. But this is what happens when we video stream. People notice these kind of things. Uh, it's also what happens when I don't think anybody's taking the Texans seriously on Sunday. That's the other thing. When when the opponent the Chiefs have on Sunday, it's not one that you're going to spend much time on. But right? they just played the, the Cowboys close. Doesn't that they, mean we should be taking them more? They should have the Cow- I love the fact they played the Cowboys close. That actually makes me feel even better about this game on Sunday. That they that they had their chance to win against the Dallas Cowboys. They came up short, devastating loss, fourth and goal stop. They couldn't get the win. They should have beat the Cowboys. Didn't. Now they get Kansas City. Any of that, like, oh, one more one more push here for the Texans uh, with Lovey Smith or something. For what, let's win one for Lovey kind of stuff. Yeah, that, that last week was their chance to do it. They? In-state rival, all that kind of stuff. You buy into that. Uh, the Texas stuff, that, that all was last week. Uh, not this week. So, no, they, they don't have their best running back. They don't have their best wide receiver, it looks like, for this game as well. Um, and they have lost multiple games at home by double digits. Like, all, I think all three of their last three at home. You know how we like constantly say that it's it's unfair to ask a team to blow somebody out. Like that's an unfair expectation. This week it's not. It is not unreasonable to say blow this stupid team out. They're they're terrible. They're just terrible at football. They get beat all the time. They have the worst scoring margin point differential in football. Matter of fact, think of two terrible teams in the NFL. Let's take uh, Chicago and Denver. They have been outscored more total points by their opponents than Chicago and Denver combined. When you think about how bad those football teams are and how badly they have lost consistently this NFL season, and they have combined lost by less points than Houston has this season. I refuse to take this team seriously. Lovey's doing the sad man out stuff. Like, I refuse to give them any information when I'm going to do a quarterback. We don't care. Well, they're going to roll with two. It doesn't matter if you start two, three, six, nine quarterbacks. They're all bad. So we're not worried about it. I kind of refuse to take this team seriously. I know maybe they have to, and and this is the difference. Of course, they have to. The Chiefs. Right. This is the difference between how the Chiefs team has to handle it and we do, is they have to find something in their brain that says, Let's consider that this team is tight. Well, I think last week's game does that for you automatically. When you have a 27 nothing lead on the Broncos, and then yeah, you, hang know, on to that. you know in a, a five-and-a-half, six-minute sp- uh, you know, uh, sequence that it becomes a one-possession game. I mean, that, that's all you need to know, that even if you get up big on the Texans, uh, you can't take your foot off the gas. So, you can't make the mistakes the Chiefs made against the Broncos. Uh, and the, the Texans, of course, are the worst team in football. Uh, but you, you still, I think, because of what happened last week, I actually feel better heading into this game, like not as worried about the whole called uh, so-called trap game or any of that kind of stuff. They so I know that they just played the Cowboys close and the Cowboys barely eat by. Before that, they lost by two touchdowns to the Browns, two touchdowns to the Dolphins, two touchdowns to the Commanders, uh, touchdown to the Giants, two touchdowns to the Eagles. They lose by two touchdowns to everyone. There's also going to be a ton of Chiefs fans in that building. If you watch any Texans game this year. Uh, through Red Zone Channel or whatever, you'll notice that there's a ton, whether it was Cleveland a couple weeks ago, uh, when Deshaun Watson made his return to Houston, everybody's talking about, oh, the fans are going to give him a hard time. There were tons of Cleveland Browns fans for that game. There will be plenty of Chiefs fans, either those that already live in Houston. Houston's a transplant city. There's plenty of Chiefs fans down there. Or folks that make the, the, the flight down to Houston for this game on Sunday. Uh, there will be plenty of Chiefs fans in that building as well. It's, I, I agree with the text lines. It's like Chad Henney hopefully gets some snaps. Well, we thought he was going to get some snaps against Denver. It didn't happen. Well, he was supposed to, though. He, they were in line for that. That was absolutely the Chad Henney game. I'm still mad. <laughs> like, I don't want to think about that Broncos game anymore because I know that they're so much better than that team, and they proved that, how much better they are in that team, by getting up on them 27 to nothing. But then I, I don't know. At least they didn't blow it. Like, maybe I should just take the, the slight happiness thing and saying, well, at least they didn't lose the game, Gold, because there are plenty of teams like, well, I don't know, the Texans, who've gotten up 27 nothing on a team and then lost the playoffs. 
course. We probably, I don't know, you know, we've talked, we talk about like uh, Jet Chip Wasp, all the crazy thing the Chiefs have done. We should probably make a bigger, bigger deal about that overall. In their pantheon of what they've done in the Andy Reid era, they came back from four touchdowns on a team in the playoffs. I mean, I think we've, I feel like that's gotten plenty of I, it attention. Needs more. I mean, the, the Super Bowl rings have the deficits inscribed on the inside of the ring. I mean, I think it's been pretty well documented. Also, that Texans team, how vast, the nuance about a team and how quickly you can fall as a franchise. They were up ever since that game, Cody. It has been a complete nosedive for the Houston Texans franchise. Ever since that game, they had Deshaun Watson. They were up on Kansas City, as you pointed out, and they were looking like they were going to advance in the postseason. Who knows what would have happened for the Texans then? Instead, it has been a complete nosedive since. They've traded away players like DeAndre Hopkins. Bill O'Brien was a disaster as a head coach slash GM. Uh, Bill O'Brien is no longer there. They've had two head coaches since then. The Deshaun Watson mess has happened since then, and now they're on pace to be the number one overall pick. And that division is still bad uh, and they still can't even compete in the AFC South. So that, that it has been a complete nose that the chiefs broke the Texans in that game. Broke their franchise. They haven't, been, they, haven't, they haven't been competitive since they've been one of the worst teams in football since, but they also had quarterback trouble and that makes you one of the worst teams in football pretty quick. Doesn't it? Right. The second, the second that you were in quarterback trouble and what had previously been a pro bowl caliber quarterback starting for you. And all of a sudden you're having to start third round rookie Davis mills. Like, see any other team, like the Colts, right? They've actually been competitive over the course of the time since Andrew Luck retired, but still, that's what happens. When all of a sudden you think you have quarterback figured out and then you don't, then you have a much bigger problem. You also have a problem with something, too. I do. About a, a beloved Kansas City icon, and Cody was whining about this a day or so ago. We finally are getting to it today. I was trying to decide. Uh, I took a couple of days with it because I wanted to make sure that, <laughs> that I was having a reasonable reaction. This, what what's happening... Right now, to a Kansas City icon in Kansas City is an atrocity. Jed, an atrocity. They are installing more measures, more safety measures, in order to prevent people from running into the Independence Avenue Bridge. Now, hold on. So you're one of our time-honored traditions in this city is that people who ignore how tall a bridge is by ignoring the sign that is brightly lit, yellow, has lights on it that says the height is on it. If you make that mistake, we all get to enjoy the security cam video of you running directly into what is the most unstoppable structure in Kansas City history. Putting more safety measures on it? How dare you? Let me don't get this honor, straight. don't take away this bridge's tradition. Let me get this straight. You are upset. And you used you even you use the word safety as well in your own sentence there. You are upset that the city is trying to make something safer and have fewer accidents that could potentially harm individuals in Kansas City. You're upset by this. You're upset with safety measures for the bridge. You that want is correct. more people to get in accidents. That's not going to help your school board campaign in a couple of years. I'll tell you that. You're Actually, some, safety. Like, weirdly enough, I probably am supposed to fill out that paperwork soon if I'm going to do it again this well, year. Well, not after that I comment. just got followed by someone on Twitter who said that they're a North Kansas City school school board candidate. I'm like, oh, you're checking out the competition. Well, noted. They're going to use that line against you, that you Why? are not for I, safety measures, clearly, on, you know? Just for the bridge. There's already safety measures in place. What do you think? Some, like, wind chimes hung at the bottom of the sign is going to... That now is going to prevent them. It's a step, hopefully, from running into this bridge to cause fewer accidents with the bridge. Yes, but you live in Missouri, so therefore, all of these accidents that are caused are creating more tax dollars and expense for you. So therefore, you're the, you're celebrating the fact that you want to pay more in taxes. I, well, I'm sure that no, the insurance I'm, no, it's, companies that's what of you these just cover said. some of this damage. What you guys don't want this. So no, I want people to be safe. I'm not a jerk like I mean, you. The, the Independence Avenue Bridge is like it's it's a it's a funny kind of story, but also like there are still accidents happening. There yeah, are there still, are people there who are, can are, get hurt. They are <laughs> there are still accidents. It's not like it's like there's it's a, a victimless or, or yeah, the victimless type of setup here. So yeah, I'm I'm I have no. They can just pay them. attention. Well, this sure. isn't on us, Cody. There's a lot. I of maybe things, spend like, more tax dollars yet to fix this problem. They could just stop driving into the bridge. Well, let me ask you a much bigger question. What do you do if you are said truck driver who's driving down and you don't realize that the bridge is that low and so forth? What do you want them to do? They said they can't lower the road because that would cause flooding problems and utilities underground. Like so, they can't just you say, "Oh, just lower the road." They can't do that. They can't raise the bridge. It's too expensive. They've discussed this. 
infrastructure. Also, I, it's made of titanium or something based on how many times it's been run into and is still standing. Well, that's good. It's clearly made of like the hardest metal, imagine, like vibranium, right? It's a step above. It's literally made of the stuff from the Black Panther universe. What they can't, I don't, I don't see it. Like, I don't think it's going to fix it. Like, I just don't, I, I'm dead serious. Like, someone's like, you should see, there's like, there's videos of this stuff. It's like, it'll like flash, sign, make noise, and people will still just drive right into it. Do you think that there were just never, I mean, how long? There's a, there's shirts made for this. This is a, like, of all the things that Kansas City obsesses about that aren't generally, related, you know, like a Western Auto sign or this bridge, <laughs> I feel like we should protect those things. These are little secrets of our city that we love. We should get to protect them. It's a Kansas City icon. I don't think I don't think that's something that you want to like when you're the, the you're giving the tour of Kansas City like this is the bridge, <laughs> the bridge. that people crash into. A no, lot. but it's something. It's like if you live in the city, you understand what that bridge is. Well, sure. Something tells me, Cody. Also, there will be still people that crash into it. So don't don't you Probably. worry. You'll still get you'll still get your accidents, Cody, that you want and you you you're crave for. You'll still get that bridge accident. So if you run into that bridge as a truck driver, you need to find a different job. You well, are not qualified true. to be a truck driver. That, now there's even more safety measures or they're coming. I mean, doesn't that already happen? Like if you are, if you, if you don't pay attention to the, the, the height restrictions and you do wreck, I, don't you, I mean, honestly, don't you lose your license? Isn't that an already a thing that happens? I don't know. I mean, I doubt it's just like automatic, probably like a two strikes policy. I don't or something. Know, man. Glad you got that off your chest. Thank you. Thank you for the time. Coming up next, though, we've seen some big-time signings in baseball, and it just reminds us of what the reality is at times for the Royals, but what could they still do over the next couple weeks? Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Modelo. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Next. All right, just getting started here on a Thursday. Damian Hughes coming up in about a half hour, former Chiefs wide receiver. Get right back into the Chiefs and this game on Sunday and also his thoughts on just where this offense is at with knowing that Kadarius Tony's starting to practice again. Maybe he plays this week, but Cole Hardman, uh, what's it like for a football player trying to put back some weight on in the middle of a middle of a football season? I'm sure he's especially someone who's some. not all that big to begin with. Yeah, McCall Hardman. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get to, to Damian Hughes coming up in just a little bit. Also, Jed talks here in 15 minutes or so. 
the Royals free agency, this Royals offseason yesterday, or I guess it's now been two days, was the first real signing that they made in Yarborough, the, the 30-year-old pitcher, one-year contract signing him from the Tampa Bay Rays. And we've discussed a little bit about the the approach that I think is pretty clear from the Royals organization for this offseason. It does appear to be more of a, hey, we're going to kind of run this thing back from a year ago and see what we have. And then hopefully we're in a position next December to be trading pieces, trading four pieces, whatever it may be when they learn more about it. I, I think on the surface, I, I get the frustration from Royals fans, and I'm a little frustrated by it because you're like, wait a second, we're going to run that back. But also I think it is important to note that we know from June, what middle of June on, it was a different team. And I'm not saying like that they were winning a ton of games. What I mean by that is it really was two teams last season because of it was all the young players that ended up getting called up after they traded away multiple pieces. You know, early on in the season, it was still a lineup that had, of course, Whit Merrifield and Carlos Santana. It didn't have Vinny Pasquantino. It didn't have Michael Massey. Didn't have Drew Waters. Didn't have Drew Waters. Yeah, I mean, so it almost was like from July on or mid-June on, it was a different baseball team. So you're earlier talking about a half a season with that team. I don't like the idea of not going out and, and adding some more pieces this offseason, but as much as they're running it back, which they are, they're really running back the second half of last season, not running back the full season, if that's actually what they end up doing. The only group in which I want more security in that is starting pitching. Bullpen, too, to a point, but because if you get some quality starting pitching to compete against it, then you can find out if some of these young arms who have not succeeded in the starting pitching department could succeed as long-term relievers for you because the odds are they probably should be able to because they have been able to turn out. JJ's pointed this out to us a couple of times, and I don't think it's unfair. They have put more guys in the major leagues from their draft class out of pitchers than other teams. They have gotten more starting pitching innings out of their team than most have in major league baseball during that time. It's not leading to wins. So those teams right now, those players who have come up, they're not succeeding at the, as a starting pitcher well enough to make you feel like you're going to be able to do it. And so if that's going to be the case, you have to go in there. From the hitting perspective, I don't care. I really don't. If they just never added another position player, look, I'd be fine if they added an outfielder or a third baseman. But if they don't, I'm okay. I can live with, let's see if all these young guys are good enough together to play. Because then if not, you got to move one of the young guys for a veteran guy and let somebody else slowly grow with them. Or you got to move some of the other prospects you have inside your organization for a major league bat in order to do it. Or you got to start drafting that way because you don't have enough bats in the long run in order to get it done. I hate because this offseason has been so top heavy as far as these big contracts being handed out. I'm not saying the Brad Boxberger, for instance, who the Royals once had. They did, yeah. Just signed for you know like three million bucks. Not saying that those types of deals can or cannot happen, but like Carlos Craig got $350 million. It's like, um, well, I know they're not going to be in that market, but I've made it clear to you that I still think that they could take it. Like, if they're going to take a swing in spending money, I'm not sure that they, they wouldn't have more success buying a position player because you've talked about this all the time. Like, I've said, hey, Stein Dansby Swanson. You're like, well, they can't afford a $150 million contract. Like, But at the very least, if you're going to spend $150 million, to me, there's less likelihood it'll go poorly in a position player because at least they're playing for you every damn day. You know? You well, can I've work also just on said, if stuff. I'm going to spend that kind of money, I want it to be on a pitcher. Yeah. If it's going to be someone that's not in my organization as a homegrown player, a Bobby Wood Jr. To me, there's somebody, just a lot more variance of it going bad in pitching because you overpay in pitching almost no matter what you do. And this is why they're usually not in the market for starting pitching on the free agent market. Like That's usually why they're not even anywhere ever near the, 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 the type of pitcher that that we would be potentially thinking about getting. And they're going to get more of the, the one-year flyers like a Yarborough and, and see if, hey, look, if he, if he pitches really well for you, it's probably someone that's not the long-term plan. He's on a one-year deal. So you hope that you can maybe flip him for, for some prospects or for some guys that can help you in 2024. I mean, really, that's what it is. You hope Yarborough, if he's just okay, then he's on your team. He eats a bunch of innings this year. He's on a one-year deal. So if he's, if he's, actually, he's, not de- the solution, if he's yeah. actually decent this year, and I hope he is, then, yeah, you help you maybe win some games early on in the season, but you're probably going to end up then flip him in June, ho- July. Hopefully you can flip him for someone that can help you long-term 
uh, or the very next season. I mean, that's probably where this is all at. This is the problem. Signing someone like Yarbrough versus spending money on long-term solutions, like you've said, is you still don't know. Right now, Brady Singer is the only starter you feel like you have an answer on. Felt like you used to have an answer on Brad Keller. Now you don't. But I don't think if he stays on this roster at $7 million, he's staying on this roster at $7 million to be a seventh-inning guy. I think they'll give him another chance to start, and we'll go right back through this same thing. The good news is, for like, I think people see that Caradio, and they're like, that means they'll never sign Bobby Wood Jr. And I'm like, that's not the case. To me, the Bobby Wood Jr. stuff comes down to a couple of things. One, in order to get the kind of contract Correa does, you got to do it for seven or eight years. You can make Bobby Wood Jr. a $200 million player right now. You just want to sign with the extension, take a risk for once. I think what this all comes down to is the same stuff that used to drive me crazy about the Chiefs that now drives me crazy about the Royals. All they ever hear is that I can't take the risk. They'll go bankrupt. I'm like, you stink now. Who cares? Like, if you sign a contract to Bobby Wood Jr. and he doesn't end up working out and you're bad, you're exactly where you are now. Terrible. Right? Nothing's changed. You'd still be losing. That was the Chiefs' mindset for 15, 20 years at quarterback. Well, if we take a first-round quarterback and they're bad, we'll be bad. And I'm like, you're bad now. Or at the very least, at best, during some of those runs of the Chiefs stuff, they were average. They were stuck in neutral. They were just going to go lose in the divisional round again, make it nowhere, or not make the postseason at all. Not taking chances in sports will never get you anywhere. You will be stuck Stuck, at best, in mediocrity. In baseball, as a small market, low budget team, not taking chances means you're done. That's why we had these conversations with Dayton about being transactional all those years after the World Series and why JJ's talked about needing that as well. You cannot just sit idly by and hope things will fix themselves. For this one year, I can find the understanding in it. But then it's making moves time. Take chances time. Sign extensions time. You have to take risk. You can't just avoid all risk. Well, again, if if some of these young players like Vinny Pasquatino and others actually for a full season can perform at a high level, then you know, okay, you feel like you can build around that group of players, and then you, yeah. you can be more aggressive perhaps next offseason and go find more starting pitching or whatever you need to fill out the roster. Right now, I think the dangerous part and why maybe they're willing to, to, to operate the way it appears they're going to this offseason heading into next year is they don't want to – go and sign and spend money when they don't know for sure if these are the young guys. We all hope that Vinny and Massey and Bobby Witt and Melendez are all the key young pieces for the next five plus years of Royals baseball. Um, but we don't know that definitively yet. No, so but that's, that's why, why you should move somebody who you think might not be. Well, that's before a team thinks well, figures th- out they are. Well, that's, they don't, they don't know the answer themselves yet. I think that's what we're finding out, Cody, that I don't think they know the answer yeah. to that. That's the problem is they're trying to figure out who that is. But that's you go your back job. To, your job is to sure. rank them internally and decide sure. one through eight, who you think is most likely to have success and take that eighth guy and find the team who thinks he's your third guy and make that trade. Take that risk. Be transactional. Yeah. They're, they don't have that answer yet. Clearly. They don't have an answer yet. And they obviously have a long enough leash Could you imagine within if you the just Royals organization. Hey, JJ, I'm going to take your eight youngest players. I'll rank them one through eight of who you think is most likely to be a successful big league player, please. Yeah, I don't I don't think they have the clear, clear-cut clear uh, view on that yet. And that also tells you that clearly John Sherman has told JJ Piccolo that there's there's a pretty decent leash then because if it was short term then then you wouldn't be able to take this approach. Clearly this is not a hey, you got to get one the X amount this year. This is clearly more of a long-term approach. And I still think they're, to a certain extent, banking on something that I don't know in baseball if it works as much as it maybe you could make a case for in football, which is that oh, we're going to bring in a brand-new coaching staff, essentially, and we're gonna, that, that's going to solve a lot of maybe some of these problems for the pitching staff. I hope it does. I think it's, I think it's banking on a lot of things going right, uh, but that's, I, I, that is what, to me, it tells me. If, that, if you're going to basically roll, roll it back and run it back from last year roster-wise, for the most part, and that's where it's trending, uh, then you're saying, well, what's different? A, it's another year of experience, sure, for the young guys, no doubt. But you're also saying that, oh, this pitching coach, this, uh, this department and looking at analytics differently, using it more, uh, prepping for the individual starts in a different way uh, with our pitchers. Or to San Francisco that, that's gonna, Then that's going to work, right? That's what they're banking on. It can work, but that's, that's what they're asking you to believe they in. They were bottom 10 in ERA two years ago. They were top five in ERA last year. And the difference, now they, they're a little bit of talent difference, right? They use different guys here or there. The obviously the Giants can spend money, but they also changed pitching coordinators. Brian Bannister showed up. So whoever was teaching pitching before wasn't him. And now it's Brian Bannister. You know, like those things do shift. It can change things. Maybe a shift in the NFL. 
I hope so, but I don't know if it's going to be as good as it maybe appears on the surface, which is the NFL uh, is considering making roughing the passer penalties reviewable. That's something that wouldn't happen until next year. Andy Reid was asked about it yesterday. He so said, he's going to sit on like, the competition gonna, committee like, for I'm it. Gonna, he's like, I'm going to hold off on that answer. I'm, uh, I'm not going to give you that answer quite right away. Um, and, and that is because, yeah, he's on that committee that will determine that. I told you after the Chris Jones play in, in week two, I said, man, they got, they got to find a way to, to review this. But I, I also recognize, Cody, that I don't know if it is a, a clear solution that will make everybody happy because the way they've called it a lot of times has actually been the way the league has told the referees to call it. We disagree yeah. with how it's being inf- uh, how it's written, and I actually think they're enforcing it in a way the, the way they're supposed to. Um, the Stallworth pat, roughing the passer two weeks ago. Or the Chris Jones one the, on the fumble. If they reviewed it, I'm not convinced, Cody, that those get overturned. The, one, the ones that get overturned maybe are the more where it's like, oh, his hand barely grazed him or something, and there's a, a ridiculous call because it's Tom Brady or something. Those right? are the ones, well, what you're describing is the Chris Jones penalty on Tom Brady in the AFC title game that could have cost them and probably did a chance to go to a third Super Bowl in a five-year time period. This is why I, th- there's problems. Because I, at first, was in favor of making pass interference reviewable. And then when I saw how it went down, I'm like, I don't care anymore. Because they protect each other, which means by the letter, here's the thing. By the letter of the law, it's almost always going to be roughing. You cannot make contact to the head of a quarterback. So if you do, so much as with a pinky gold, touch his helmet, you by the letter of the law have committed the penalty. Certainly the weight on ones, they're never going to overturn. So to me is you're going to implement a rule in which it can be challenged and which it could be there, and how many, let's say there's 100, just to give ourselves a bit, how many out of every 100 pat, or, uh, roughing the passer calls do you actually think will be overturned? And my answer is like two. And at that point, I don't care. I'll just hope they get the calls right, and I don't care if there's a penalty to overturn it. It sounds good in theory because the ones like the Chris Jones against Tom Brady in the AFC title game or divisional round, like those I want to go away, right? But I just feel like it's so few, I'm not even sure that it's worth it. Like, is it even going to be worth it? Are we going to challenge mean, enough, change enough, move enough to even qualify well, it's, it? It's either that or there's actually finally some change in the way they're going to actually enforce the, the rule and, and have it written out there. I, we know they want to protect their most valuable asset in the league. The quarterback's the most important position. It's the face of the league. It's where all the money is at, everything like that. That's what they, that's what they want to be able to do. And so I don't know if you'll get a true rewrite of the rule, but there's just got to be hearing coaches' feedback, which is the idea of the competition committee. Andy Reid's on it. Hearing that type of feedback, uh, there, there has to be at least some recognition that this current way it's being called, not only do, do defensive players hate it, of course, you've even had some quarterbacks that have kind of even like laughed it off. Like we, they even know like a little. Derek Carr, uh, remember, yeah. even had made comments that like oh, I, I didn't right. even think that was a penalty on Chris Jones or whatever. You know, so but we, it's so easy that. because the rule because this is every NFL rule. Like if you made holding reviewable. Well, they're always holding. Remember, that's what every offensive lineman plays. Like on every, like on every pass play, someone is by the letter of the law goal pass interfering. They grab your jersey for a half a second. They touch your, you know, what I'm saying like, it's all technically pass interference. It's that gray that we want them to let get away with. And I think that there's, you know, like I want that variance. I want that to be allowed. I think if you ever try to go to the point of like, hey, I, I don't think that was roughing, they'd be like, well, but, you know, by the rule, it must be. By the rule, it must be. And you're like, oh, it's just, I feel like, you know what it is? I don't care. They don't need to add a rule. I, it's not going to move the needle for me. I, I, as much as I want some of those little penalties to go away, I feel like I'm going to be just as frustrated by when I'm convinced it's not, pass, you know, that it's not roughing the passer and they still call it. That's what frustrates me. All right, Nick's not here, so that means it's Jed Talks. Write something down. Nick's Notable Notes. We have a lot to get to today, boys. All right. For instance, this text line, a little bit egregious with my thoughts on They're Christmas. They're not happy with you. No, I, I didn't realize by saying that I, th- also, I, I feel like it should be called a holiday party as opposed to a Christmas party would PC be that of offensive. Also, Nick doesn't know how to enjoy his vacation he's been texting in for the last 10 minutes on our text line acting like he's somebody else complaining about the show 
How do you know it's him? Because I checked the number. It's definitely him. There was too many. There were too many texts that were like, "There's no way other anybody else would be saying these things." Well, it's definitely. Nick. I, I do feel bad about that big deal that we lost out on. Yeah, yeah. Nick was texting and saying, <laughs> "Wanted to know why we weren't talking about a certain topic," and I was like, "Well, because that was last week's news." And he said, "I'm going to go tell your boss. I'm on the phone." The minute he said, "I'm on the phone with your boss," I'm like, okay, that's his Nick. And now this person says, "Wondered how long it would take you to check the number." Well, that's we Nick. start that's, in the world of college football, college athletics. Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker is announced that he is going to be the new NCAA president. Is yeah. this a good career move for him? Career, I mean, career move for him, sure. I'm sure it's going to pay great. Um, the NCAA has less power than it's ever had, though. You know what I mean? Like, the, the NCAA has way less power than it's ever had the ability to have. Um, why did the NCAA choose him? Actually, I see people, like, trashing the hire in that regard. I actually think it makes a lot of sense for somebody that is um, probably going to enter an era more than ever where you're going to have to work with Congress on NIL and things like that. Yeah. It makes sense that they would hire a politician. So um, I, have I you seen think, have you seen what the president of the NCAA makes? That probably pays yeah, ten times yeah. what the governor of Massachusetts makes. So I think he made a great choice. Both jobs think, suck. One makes... job pays way more. You think both jobs suck? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to be the president of the NCAA, and I wouldn't want to be the governor of anything. Just Fair school enough. board. Just in the school board. That's that's my. Those are the end of my political ambitions. Yeah, absolutely. We'll stay in the world of college athletics. It's now official. UCLA and the uh, University of California Board of Regents has officially approved UCLA to go to the Big Ten. How big of a shakeup is this? How excited are you guys for what the new world of college football and college athletics will look like? It's so fun. UCLA was always going to go to the Big Ten in terms of the the meeting that happened yesterday. Like there was some people trying to push out that report out in California that were clearly getting their information from the Board of Regents that were acting as though that they could prevent UCLA from UCLA was never going to get held back by the California Board of Regents uh, to make the the trek to the Big Ten. Um, I still think it's absolutely bizarre and weird that ucla is going to be in the big 10 for obvious reasons seeing ucla play michigan in november is just going to be weird as hell welcome to new college football um, but, man but you that's won't what care in about yeah. 10 years because yep. nobody will play regionally rivalries yeah. won't this is matter. the weirdest one though this is the weirdest one though it's one thing for they West, don't even West play Virginia. regionally now it's what do you mean college athletics don't yeah, play regionally no, this now is, but this is weirder than any of them like, by the way i did west virginia playing iowa state like okay, yeah, it's west virginia whatever but like UCLA, USC playing 10 in Columbus, Ohio at 11 a.m. Uh, on a Saturday in the snow. It's going to be weird. Yeah. For the UCLA fans. I did look yeah. it up, by the way. The governor of Massachusetts makes $185,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Mark Emmert, his final year of the NCAA president, made 2.95 mil per year. Well, yeah, one's a yeah, private job versus publicly elected official. It's a hell of a pay raise, Jed. To the world of the NHL, Alexander Ovechkin obviously scored his 800th goal the other day, but the worst part is now he is the worst part. trademarking the great eight chase, doing a Tom Brady thing. Has this not jumped the shark? Can we stop with people trying to brand things and making terrible cheesy names? How many shirts is he going to sell with that on it, though? So I mean, I oh, can't a ton. Knock, I, I bet Spec has one. I can't, probably. I can't knock the hustle, man. Like. Trademark it, make some money. It's too comp. It sounds like too many words. It's got to be simpler than that. I mean, he's Russian, so he probably doesn't have a great understanding of the language. We move next to the world of the World Cup. Who's going to win Jed's the gold? Just upsetting a lot of people. God, he can't help himself. Nick's not here. I have to piss everybody else yeah, off. Yeah, this is true. You've done Somebody's a good job. job. You've done a good job in the first fifty-two well, minutes. Well, Nick kind of is here actually. Since I don't know. He's the guy is supposed to be on vacation, and he's texting our show. What exactly. Are you doing, man? Why did he make for, me like, come in? Get ready, man. Who's going to win the golden boot? Kylie Mbappe or Lionel Messi? Whoever wins the game. Do you think Fran- uh, I'll go Mbappe because I think France is going to win? Because to me, whoever wins it, I will go Messi so, because yeah. I I you picked won, Argentina because I picked Argentina uh, to win. So. Mbappe is ridiculous. Messi's got the more highlighty stuff of the tournament too. Like a couple of those like assist passes, like people have just been showing the highlights over and over know, again. Man, Mbappe of- yesterday. <laughs> I don't no, know. No, no. I'm saying that. <laughs> it probably really- is simply down to whoever wins the game. So. Well, the golden boot is who has the most goals. So, I mean, it's going to be dependent upon whether one of them puts the ball in the back of the net. LeBron James to the world of the NBA is auctioning his uh, game seven 
2013 NBA Finals jersey, and it's expected to sell for over $3 million. Would either of you guys ever pay $3 million for any piece of memorabilia? If I had that kind of I mean, money. Yeah, that's, that's well, the thing. See, like, that's the most absurd part, because, of course, yeah, if you had that kind of money. But that's who's buying but, it. I mean, the, the random guy's not buying it. It's going to be someone that is worth millions of dollars that collects memorabilia. I collect some memorabilia. Uh, obviously, I'm in a completely different category uh, of, so, uh, of where I spend. So, like, if I – if as someone that has an interest in sports memorabilia, if I was suddenly worth $15 million, $20 million, $30 million, then I would probably be willing to spend uh, $500,000 on thing. memorabilia. Because I don't, my answer actually probably should be no. I do not own any memorabilia. Nothing signed. I don't own jerseys. I have like a handful of bobbleheads that people have given you over the years. But they're just like, it's just like Rusty Koontz and Zach Grinke and Bobby. It's, it's not, it's not, it's not like a curated collection. I don't own. I don't have a ton either. I mean, I, I definitely no. But you have it. you have yeah. probably 15, 20 yeah. signed memorabilia items. Yeah. I have zero. So I'm yeah. guessing even if I had that kind of money, I'd spend it on something else. Three million. Whew. Those were Jed talks. I'm sorry I offended everybody with my. You got three hours on, to make up for it, man. Christmas. You got three hours. I can't wait to hear what you say in the eleven o'clock hour. I cannot wait. Wait, especially with the trash of the day. Who knows. Who Happy knows? holidays. Why is that <laughs> offensive? I think, I think you're going to have to sing a Christmas carol. I'm not going to, to do that. To, I don't sing. But seriously, why Why is what I said egregious? Saying I, happy holidays as opposed to Merry Christmas? I, I, don't, I don't have a problem either way. <laughs> Let me be clear. I don't have a problem <laughs> either way. The text line, I guess, did not like you saying that you didn't think it should be called a Christmas party. as what they No, were holiday you. party. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. I'd like it to be called a holiday party. Yeah. yeah. And I and I get that, but people, some people didn't like that comment you made. That's but I don't understand why. Why is why is that more offensive than trying to be inclusive as opposed to exclusive? I wasn't trying to be exclusive. I was just saying something. Right. I, just, I mean, it's not like me and my soccer takes where I don't want anyone <laughs> in on that. I'm trying to include people. It's not the soccer party. It's not the football party. It's the holiday party. You didn't even make fun of me for I said whoever wins the game versus the match, match. Oh, well, on the pitch in the okay. kits It'll be all right. with the boots. It's going to be just fine, I promise. Coming up next, <laughs> we'll get right back to the Chiefs, though. Former Chiefs wide receiver Danian Hughes joins us. We'll get his thoughts on the Texans and also looking at McCole Hardman and Kadarius Tony's role in this offense. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.